Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to Pop Culture, the podcast that brings soft drinks to the top of the menu. I'm Kat Brown, arts journalist, author and four years sober. And waving silently from behind a glass door in mime school is Helen O'Hara, film journalist, author and lifelong teetotaler. That actually isn't true, although the mental image is a delightful one. Helen is getting prepped for going on tour with the Empire podcast, so we're going to have some short episodes for a few weeks to give us time to meet some excellent new people in the world of soft and non-alcoholic drinks, and to give you the chance to listen to the episodes we release and to share your tips for great drinks with us on Twitter. Just search our names or use the hashtag popculturesoftdrinks. You can also find pictures of what we've been drinking lately on Instagram, where we are popculturedrinkspodcast. This week, I had a truly revolting cocktail that tasted like a Yankee candle. Can't win them all. I also tried Johnny Wilkinson's kombucha brand, number one living drinks, which even my booch-loathing husband said was pretty good and didn't make him want to die. High praise indeed. And I had a can of sparkling water attuned to multimedia screening. That film is tremendous fun, and the water of life looks uncannily like Blue Wicked, which is fortuitous timing given that there is now a 0% version of Blue Wicked. Like seriously, now we can replicate the dodgy, sticky-floored clubbing experiences of the student past with a non-alcoholic Blue WKD. Our topic today is one we mentioned back in our trailer, as one we'd like to find more about. And it's one that we were asked about this week by listener at Skadoosh on Twitter, who said, please discuss the horrific piece of cultural vandalism that is the absorption of lilts into Fanta. Here comes the lilt man. Lilt. Here comes the lilt man. Lilt. Lilt. With a totally tropical taste. Pineapple and grapefruit. Yes, if you missed it, the totally tropical taste of lilt morphed into Fanta, pineapple and grapefruit as of February 2023. Much to the horror of nostalgic people who could have sworn they were 10 only a moment ago. To get the scoop on lilt, Fanta and their parent company Coca-Cola, whose titular drinks we spoke about in last week's episode with Chris Hewitt. And that's a lovely episode, by the way, and well worth listening to if you haven't already caught up. I spoke to consumer journalist Rob Brown. Rob has his finger on the pulse of food and drink like nobody else. So grab your grapefruits, pick up your globally recognised brand pineapples and get ready for a little tale of lilt. 
Rob, welcome to Pop Culture. Thank you, Kat. Was this how you saw your week going? Back down the wormholes of lilt memories and nostalgia? I tried to cast some of those lilt adverts out of my mind. When you look back at some of them, they got sort of more cultural stereotypes than a 70s sitcom, I think. I watched one from the 80s last night and yeah. uh, it was entirely made up of white people. Basking on beaches like, like beach whales. Indeed, and being served lilt by yeah. by people from the area who knows where it was. Yeah, There is something about nostalgia, isn't it? Where when you mm. actually go back and, and look at what we're being nostalgic about, you're like, oh, this actually is a brilliant thing that we don't have this anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's nearly a year, well, over a year now, actually, since lilt was moved over to Fanta. That change really seemed to take people by surprise. But surely th this wouldn't have been an overnight decision. I doubt it. If you look at the sales figures, I mean, Lilt had been in decline for, for several years. They hadn't spent any money on it for a very long time. And of course, it takes a lot of cash to market products and market brands. And we all pay for that marketing through the, the, the premium that these products then carry in supermarkets and in bars and so on. And I think it was calculated, quite um savvy move really by Coca-Cola, because they knew there'd be an outpouring of grief and rage on, on social media about a brand from our childhood being scrapped, and it would drive growth in the the, the, the product that replaced it. I mean, it's the same product. They've just rebranded it as Fanta, which is the point. If you look at the sales figures, in terms of what the industry would call NPD, so new product development, Fanta, grapefruit and pineapple, I think it's called now, has racked up the most growth in the past year because it's not it's not a new product. They've just put it under the Fanta trademark now. And they've been investing in Fanta for a long time. So uh, it's kind of Lilt, piggybacking on, on, on Fanta's success. So it was quite a clever move, really. What were the circumstances that led to Lilt being absorbed into Fanta beyond sales figures? Because this feels like something that 90s kids will remember from Marathon becoming Snickers, from Opal Fruits becoming Starburst and that sort of thing. But what what's in play when a company changes a brand like that? I think it was part PR stunt, really, to be honest. And, you know, when, when Marathon became Snickers, we didn't all have our own digital soapboxes to stand on and spout off on about anything we like. They knew that lots of people would make a noise about Lilt, or, you know, RIP Lilt and, and all the rest of it. That would give it press coverage and help market the new product, really. I mean, it's a constant dilemma, I suppose, of food and drink businesses and businesses in general, really. It's whether to launch, you know, it takes a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of very clever marketing to actually get a brand to strike a chord with people. I mean, I'm not clever enough to be able to, you know, launch a brand and maintain it. And I certainly don't have deep enough pockets to do that. So once you've got a brand that's established, and if you look at Fanta, it's worth 300 million pounds in the UK. It's the 26th biggest grocery brand in the country. It's kind of a no-brainer when you think about it. When you see Lilt is just dead and gone, really. I mean, it mm. was it was worth a few few million quid, which is a lot of money, of course, but but to a big company like Coke, it's peanuts. So it makes sense to put it under the Fanta umbrella. How did they go about morphing it into Fanta? I thought that it was pretty much an overnight thing, but they seem to have done some quite clever things with the branding before they took it under the Fanta name. As far as I know, it was quite a, a sort of overnight thing, really. It was, as far as they say, it's the same product, but it's, you know, under the Fanta branding. It was an announcement from Coca-Cola 
saying lilt is no more it's now fanta grapefruit and pineapple and you know they just sat back and and watched twitter go mad basically which is which is exactly what they wanted there was quite a few other players that tried to score points off it there, there was quite an interesting campaign by Corsten press on social media about them launching their own sort of tropical flavored sparkling drink i don't think they actually followed it up but i think that <laughs> put them under the noses of people on social media a bit more so there was there was a lot of fun had i think by, by certain brands aldi who quite rightly has a reputation for doing the best own brand versions of everything from skincare to drinks mm. has recently launched a uh, tropical blast zero which has a, an extremely familiar color palette in its branding <laughs> And I've been seeing some taste tests on social, which sort of looks like somewhere that I might go just to do my yeah. own taste reload. And what are the taste tests saying? Yeah, pretty strong, actually. Yeah. I suppose the thing is, is that lots of the pieces that I remember reading at the time were people going, I haven't drunk Lilt since approximately 1997. I can't really remember what it tastes like, but I'm still absolutely outraged. And that feels very much like the vibe of the taste tests now. When people complain about something changing, is it really about the product or is it about something else entirely? I think, uh, let me choose my words carefully. There's a lot of hyperbole on social media. There's a lot of outrage. But actually, is it really outrage or is it just somebody sort of harvesting attention for themselves online? Does anyone really care if Lilt is now called Fanta? You know, on social, you know, the people on social media. There were some justchange.org petitions that were struck oh, up. There's two or, two or three that I had a look, you know, trying to lobby Coke to change it back to Lilt. The last time I wrote about it was about a year ago. They'd got a few dozen signatures. I think hopefully people take... <laughs> The, the outrage that you see on social media with a, a spoonful of sugar, really. Ironically, given that we're not allowed to have sugar in anything. No, exactly. Or just a spoonful of uh, aspartame, maybe. That's the catchy one. If only Mary Poppins had sung that. Yeah, as yeah. Well. A spoonful of acyl fume K and aspartame and sucralose. <laughs> That's the catchy thing that Disney was missing massively. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One last thing, and more seriously, really, but I suppose is it an extension of the why can't we have nice things? Obviously, a lot of the changing of names is due to having global uniformity from brands. Mm. Like, wh wh why is that necessary? Like, we had that with, with Snickers, with Starburst, obviously Fanta bringing Lilt in. But just any time that there is a sort of country-specific name or appearance, that's not going to be long for the world. Why is it important for these fairly massive brands with very good identity and reach to bring everything under one label? I think it will basically all boils down to efficiency these are big global companies if you're you're essentially dividing effort two different names means two different packets everything you do has to be divided in two there's still lots of examples of products that are one brand in one country and another in, in another so you know lays crisps in, in in the us is walkers here it's pepsico owned it's there's not much local about walkers crisps <laughs> i think it probably comes down to efficiency but also, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Lilt make a comeback at some point. Mars brought back Marathon for, a, you know, a limited edition a few years ago. It, nostalgia is something that brands are very adept at inspiring in us all. I suppose that's what the Lilt renaming capitalised on, really. That's, that's what sparked the interest at the time when they renamed it, because they knew people would remember it from their childhoods and, you know, some people would make a fuss about it, really. Well, I think you've just explained social media to us all here, Rob. That's perfect. <laughs> Why would <laughs> they sound too jaded or curmudgeonly? 
Oh no, that's 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 absolutely my job. Don't worry oh, about right. that. <laughs> Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'll look forward to speaking to you again when the inevitable nostalgic lilt comeback happens and hopefully with a slightly less offensive advert. It's been fun. Thanks so much, Kat. Thank you so much, Rob. Big thanks to Rob Brown, not least for reminding us about the fairly horrific racism running through the lilt adverts of the 80s and 90s. If you fancy diving even deeper, I've put some articles and other resources about lilt's rebranding in the episode notes. Please do write in if you pick up some Tropical Blast Zero from Aldi this week too. On to this week's mailbag and feedback on Chris Hewitt's episode about being teetotal and hooked on Coke Zero. First up, a letter from Sweden. Real big apologies for my Google translation efforts here, but hey Sveria! Johan Carlsson writes, I think Sweden has a similar drinking culture to UK. And as a guy who has never drank much, hardly any alcohol, it's a relief to hear about your experiences. I never quite fit in because I didn't drink alcohol, although now that I'm all grown up, no one really cares anymore, of course. Also, like Chris, I don't drink coffee or tea either, which is a whole other set of problems, apparently. Great podcast, even though I probably won't be able to get all the stuff you're drinking over here. I'll get by with my cherry coke, though. Thank you very much, Johan. The pressure to be exactly like everyone else is a really boring and uncomfortable one that doesn't seem to have dissipated over the years. So hurrah for being grown up and hopefully being able to swerve that a bit. As to the drinks, that feels like a challenge to me. So if you're listening, you're in Sweden and you've got some tips on excellent drinks, drop us a line at popculturedrinkspodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram where we're at popculturedrinkspodcasts and share your suggestions for Johan. Sarah's also written in about the discussion about what on earth Coke actually tastes like and says it made me also realise I can't describe the taste of Coke beyond cold and brown. To which I would say, uh, I think you've actually just described me. And lastly, we had a really lovely note from Alice who writes, I'm here alcohol free today and your podcast has been a lifesaver to give ideas of what to drink other than Diet Coke. I mean, that's just the most gorgeous message to get. Alice, congratulations, huge congratulations on this milestone. That is completely mega. And Helen and I are both completely delighted to have helped you find some new drinks to enjoy. If you've got a favourite drink or a menu that you'd like to celebrate or shame or any burning questions about soft drinks in general or particular, then you can email us at popculturedrinkspodcast gmail.com or on Instagram at popculturedrinkspodcast. We've also got a lovely storefront at bookshop.org where you can shop our favourite non-alcoholic books, including books by us and by our guests, 
just have a look in the episode description for the link and that helps us to fund the show also if you'd like to check out helen's podcast tour with empire just head to empireonline.com and also just follow helen on twitter and not least because she is excellent she is at helen l o'hara and she's got all the goss on what's going on with the touring tickets and that's it for this episode lovely to have you do consider subscribing or leaving us a lovely review on your podcast provider of choice to help other people find the episode and the podcast in general and in any case we'll see you back here next week for more soft drinks chat and it's really not going to be long until helen is back saying keep drinking because god knows we still haven't got another sign off lots of love and have a great week and i hope you've got loads of brilliant things to drink Here comes the lilt man. Lilt. Here comes the lilt man. Lilt. Lilt. With a totally tropical taste. Pineapple and grapefruit. Lilt. And the sun is bright. Lilt. And the sand is white. Lilt. With a totally tropical taste. With a totally tropical taste. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.